0: Good morning, everyone. This is John, I'm Alan. We wanted to, uh, at the beginning here, just give you an update on what's going on with our beloved worship arts pastor, uh, DeAndre. He has not been leading worship for uh, a few weeks, and he will not be leading worship for another few weeks, and we wanted to let you know what's going on uh, with him. The last time he was here was Easter, and he... Uh, he gave it all he had. He was kind of saving up all that he could so that he could be here for Easter, and Easter was awesome, and we had this incredible experience with him, but it took a lot out of him. He's dealing with some health issues right now, and uh, what we, we just wanted to let you know that we have given him a mandatory four-week paid leave so that he can take care of his health issues. Yeah, because, awesome. Because we love him, we care for him, and we want him to get well. So he just wants to come back and come back. And so we got to tell him, you're not allowed to for a little bit. You really, you really have to take care of yourself. So we just wanted to let you know why he has not been here and he won't be here for another few weeks. And uh, that's, that's where we are.
1: Yeah, and you know, as a community that loves DeAndre and has been impacted by him, we know that there's probably two key immediate responses. One is, tell me more. Right, like there's an initial response of, hey, we love DeAndre. Tell us more about what's going on. Help us understand what's going on, and and we just want to remind you that that we also want to really respect DeAndre's privacy. That that medical information is private, personal information, and so we just want to ask you to refrain from speculation, refrain from saying, hey, did you hear this? Did you hear that? And and let DeAndre be the one that that determines when he shares, how much he shares and with who he shares. Uh, The second reaction that that we expect is, uh, how can I help, right? What what can we do? How do we help? How do we love on DeAndre in this time? And so there's there's three ways. One is to pray for him, and I don't want you to dismiss that, that there is power in going to the Lord and asking for God to intercede and and to heal DeAndre's body. Uh, Second thing you can do is, if you want to reach out to DeAndre personally, the best way to do that is to to write a card or write a letter or some scripture a prayer to him, bring that by the church, mail it to us, and we'll make sure he gets all of those that come in. And then if for the third, if, if you're sitting there going, that's great, yeah, but I want to do more. There's got to be something more I can do. What you can do is go ahead and email us at mpccares at mountainpark.org. And it's right there, mpccares at mountainpark.org. And as we become aware of other ways that we can serve DeAndre, other ways we can care for him this time, we'll pass those on if you email us and we'll email you back with that information. Let's take some time right now to pray for DeAndre. Well, God, we thank you for DeAndre. We thank you for the ways he reminds us all the time that you are good, that you are reliable, that that you are good all the time, and all the time you are good. And Lord, I can hear him saying those words in my head because I've heard him say them so many times. We pray that those words would would be roots for him right now, God. That he would be taking firm root in your goodness and that, God, you would show your goodness and your love to him for to your beloved son by bringing healing to his body, by restoring his physical health, God. And at the same time, that your Holy Spirit would be filling his mind, his spirit and his heart with your love, with, with your encouragement, with your affirmation that you are with him in the midst of this time. We look forward to the time when he comes back, God, and we can all celebrate you together and praise you for the good work that you're you're doing and that you have done in him. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Last week, I was not here because I participated in Man Camp up in Williams. And I just want to let you know that my experience at Man Camp last weekend was terrible. I I'm I just, I just got to tell you, I've heard from people for years and years and years. Oh, you got to go to man camp. You got to go to man camp. It's so great. It's so wonderful. And so for the first time in, in the years that I've been here at Mountain Park, I decided to go to man camp. So I went up there. You, you arrive on Friday night. So I got into my, you know, set up my bed in the the cabin that was just absolutely amazing and that this incredible facility up there that is surrounded by mountains and all these incredible trails and then during the time that we were there we got to sing manly songs and we were talking about manly things and, gr- and grunting a lot and, and making noises that men make and we would eat manly snacks and, and we would do all, all sorts of manly things and then all of a sudden. Boom, it's Sunday and we got to go home. And i got to take my sheets off the bed and go home. So, man camp was terrible for me because it was so short and I wanted more. Let me just tell you, you say man camp, I say bah humbug. I wanted more. But I am excited to be back here today because this is week 18 of the journal called Part Blue Joy that we have been on. For the last 18 weeks, we've been talking about how God wants, to, wants us to experience long-lasting joy, incredibly deep and wonderful joy. And so here for the last time in this journal journey, I'm going to ask you to pull out your journals if you have one. If you have a journal, pull it out one final time, and I want to remind you on pages 10 and 11, there is a list of the nine essential roles, and the idea with this is that the title of the journal is Realize Your Role in God's Story, and that's our mission as a church, is that is that we want to invite you? We want to invite you to to realize what your role is. That it's not just a matter of learning all this information. It's a matter of us be, jumping into the story and being part of the story. It's not just learning and reading and studying and oh, I know this and and it's not even about us being transformed. It's not just about that. It's about us being transformed so that we can realize our role in the story so that we can make a difference here in Phoenix and around the world so that God can continue to use us to love other people to make an impact on the lives of others. So, in week 18 of every journal that we've done, this is the fourth journal, and week 18, you may or not, may not have noticed this, every time, every journal on week 18 we talk about servant because that really is what this is all about. It's about moving us towards how can we find a, a way to serve. And in this journal that is themed joy, the point that I want to make uh, that today is that it can be fun, that serving is Fun. It's not all just sacrifice. It's not all you know serving. It's not just Quasimodo. Yes, Master. It's not. It's not all Cinderella. You know, Cinderella, Cinderella. and it's it's all of that. That when we when we jump in and we and we serve in some way, that it can be fun. And so this is the main idea here today. It's more fun to serve others than to serve myself. Now, I want you to say this with me. Even if you're at home, just say it to the screen. Say it out loud. I want you to say this with me. Look at it and say it together. Ready? It's more fun to serve others than to serve myself. You just said it. Do you believe it? I'm confident somebody here in this room just said that, and it's okay, I'm thankful that you said it, but I'm confident some of you are going, no, nah, I don't know if I'm tracking with that yet. Don't know if I'm believing that. Because in a sense, you read this, you look at this, and it's absurd. In a sense, you look at this, it just, it doesn't make sense. That This whole idea, it just doesn't compute, it doesn't uh, uh, come together. A number of weeks ago, I shared with you uh, that there was a team of 36 of us that went to Rocky Point to help build homes for uh, two different families who uh, uh, made about, on average, a family income of about $100 a month. Those were the families that we were meeting with and helping to, to build uh, their homes there in uh, in Rocky Point. And at the end of our time there, it was a longer journey. It wasn't like the little blip like man camp. We were there for from Thursday until Sunday. and So for that journey... Uh, uh, at the very end of it on saturday night we all gathered in a in a circle the 36 of us and to, and, and so many people had a similar kind of response and just saying you know it was a debrief time just saying how was how was your weekend experience and so many people said it was incredible it was some people said it was a life changing experience for me person after person said things like i have to bring my friend next time i'm coming back and i am going to bring a friend that I love because that person just needs to have this experience. I want to bring my, my spouse next time because I want them to experience this with me because this experience has been incredible. This is what they say on Saturday night after taking time off work and spending their own money to go. Or they, they don't get, you know, this group doesn't get paid to do this, they spend their, they t- spend their own money to go. And during the night, they're sleeping in tents on the, the rocky ground there because the cabins aren't open yet because of COVID. And, and during the day, they're spending long, long days out in the scorching Mexican sun and, and working hard all day, taking breaks for water, et cetera. But some didn't only, the only break they took was at lunchtime when we had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and some local Mexican chip snack that was some flavor that my stomach, you know, said, I've never seen that before. And this is what we're eating for lunch. And after all of that, they say this was an incredible experience. And they say that before the next day when we wake up and we drive to go across the border from Mexico back into the United States and have to wait two hours and 45 minutes at the border we have to wait two hours and 45 minutes at the border in order to get across on the whole deal. And after the end of all that, they come back and say, that was awesome. How is that possible? It just doesn't make sense. This, my friends, doesn't make sense. So what I'm going to do for the next 20 minutes, this is it. Just 20 minutes is all you have to endure. I'm going to talk about four steps, not four points. This isn't a four-point sermon where I'm asking you to do for, do this and do this and do this and do this. No, I want to take the next 20 minutes to offer a four-step argument to try to give evidence as to why this is true. And so all I'm going to ask you to do is just see if you can join with me on this journey and see how many of these steps you go, yep, I agree, I agree, I agree. See if we can land on whether or not this really is is true. This is not a four-point sermon. It's a four-step movement towards this phrase here. All right. Step number one. Movement number one. This will be easy for us. We want fun. Okay. This is this is an easy one to get started. It's it's not just girls who who just want to have fun. It's girls and boys. They just wanna. They just wanna uh, girl uh, have fun. We al- almost everything that we do. Um, it is driven towards, uh, how am I going to enjoy this? That, that whatever uh, resources or uh, uh, time or money, whatever we put our, our, our stuff towards, it is, it is in so many ways about us enjoying life. It's about us experiencing joy in life and whether that's directly or indirectly. It could be directly because you invest in something and it's actually a joyful thing, or it can be indirectly because we choose to, to work hard so that we can make money, so that we can enjoy using that money or taking care of our family or whatever, or we work hard to, to work out so that we can feel better about ourselves and our body or whatever, or we work hard to learn a skill, and so indirectly that's so that we can enjoy that skill, etc. It is an ongoing driver for us to to enjoy life. We want fun. And I think Jesus fully understood this. Just go back with me 2,000 years in the Middle East when Jesus was hanging out with his disciples. Do you know or recall or remember what the first miracle of Jesus was? Jesus was with his mom and with the disciples at a wedding, at a Jewish wedding. And, and so a Jewish wedding, this is, this is not like, you know, 50 minutes and people are looking at their watches, all right? This was a multi-day function with lots of music and lots of dancing. I mean, they're doing a whole Jewish thing, lots of food, lots of wine. But the wine runs out. They run out of wine in this multi-day party. And here was the first miracle of Jesus. The story is found in John chapter 2. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn there. If you're at home, please go get your Bible. John chapter 2. The story begins in verse 1. It kind of sets up what's going on. I want to jump into verse 3. John chapter 2, verse 3. When the wine was gone... Jesus' mother, this is Mary, said to him, "They have no more wine." Which, to me, this is just so many of these things you just so easy to read right over. But just imagine, Jesus has not done any public miracles yet; he has not revealed who he is yet. But his mom knew. I mean, his mom just sees, "Hey, we ran out of wine." And so she doesn't tell him what to do. She she he, he's an adult. You know, he's around 30 years old now. He's a rabbi. She's not telling his her little baby boy what to do, but she just goes up to him and says, huh, looks like they ran out of wine. And what I love about this is that she she knew we don't know how much. Mary experienced as the mom of Jesus. Watching this boy grow up and watching Jesus try to figure out who he was, it's just mind-blowing to, to think about how beautiful that experience would have been for Mary. But there's something that she knew. She knew that her son was capable of doing something that nobody else at the party was capable of doing. What had she seen that gave her that evidence? They ran out of wine. Verse 4, woman, <laughs> that's funny too. Uh, Why do you involve me, Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Again, just, it, Mary just says, okay, yep, I respect you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Goes over to the servants. That guy over there, you do whatever he says. I mean, it's just awesome. It's just beautiful. And I think Mary knew her son Jesus would not let this party die. Her son Jesus knew how big of a deal this wedding was and this, this party was, and for whatever reason, they ran out of wine. I believe Mary knew that her son Jesus would, did, wanted this party to keep going, wanted the party to continue. Verse 6, finally. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And then we know the story. Jesus has them filled with water, and he turns those into wine. It's about 150 gallons of wine. In, in our language, that's about, that's about 750 bottles of wine. He kept the party going, let me tell you. And it says later on in the story, it says that, uh, that it wasn't just the, the, the cheap wine, that it was like nice wine. So we're talking maybe like $10 a bottle wine. We're talking like maybe at least that much. The, the, the wine that Jesus had set up here. Let me just tell you, if you invite Jesus into your wedding, to your wedding, he will keep the party going. Okay, if you're young, if you're engaged, if you're about to be married, if you have a wedding date set up, you invite Jesus to the wedding, he will p- keep the party going. You invite Jesus into your marriage, he will keep the party going. Jesus is not a kill joy, he's a fill joy. <laughs> See, I'm like, I'm like rhyming and getting all wild here this morning. It, if you invite Jesus into your place of work, into your stress at work, into the difficulties at work, he will keep the party going. You invite Jesus into your decision making. You've got something in front of you and you go to the right, you go to the left. You invite Jesus into that process. He will keep the joy going because he understands that girls and boys want to have fun. That's the way God has designed us. That, that leads to so many of the decisions we make. And what kind of fun are we pursuing? That's the issue. Okay, so step one is we want to have fun. I think we're all together on that one. Step two is we naturally serve ourselves. This desire to have fun, this desire for joy naturally leads us to the question, what's in it for me? Whatever we are asked to do or invited to do or whatever the situation is, it naturally leads us to, okay, how am I going to benefit from this? How am I going to experience joy from this? Again, the Bible understands this well. In the New Testament, there is a consistent theme that there is a natural way of doing life and there is a better way of doing life. Paul, in Galatians chapter 5, he talks about the acts of the flesh. And he gives a list of the things that are the, the natural acts of the flesh. This is the natural way of doing life. And then in the verses that follow that, he talks about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, etc. cetera. And, and this, is the, this is a better way. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, he says, wide is the gate... And broad is the road that leads to destruction, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life. There is a natural way to do life, and there is a better way. This is a consistent theme throughout Scripture. The natural way is for us to serve ourselves. That is the natural way. In this story, the host of the wedding is blown away by the quality of the wine. In verse 10, he says, everyone, so he's talking about typically in this scenario, everyone, in other words, this is the natural way at a wedding. Everyone brings out the choice wine first, then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. The the host is blown away. He has no idea that it's a miracle. He's not putting it in the miracle category. He's just saying, this is is unnatural what's going on here. Because there's a natural way that we all do things, and there is a better way that Jesus has come to model and challenge us to live. And let me just tell you, I am not pointing fingers. When I talk about the natural way and the better way, I'm not saying, you people, you need to smarten up. I mean, I completely relate to all this. All of us can. It's it's the number of times in our lives that we say, should I do this or should I do that with our finances? Should I give generously towards the work of the kingdom so that I can love and serve other people with the resources that God has given me? Or should I buy this thing that I want or save up for this thing that I want? It's natural. Should I sit down and watch another episode of Gilmore Girls with my daughter or should I say you know what honey it's it's my tv I bought it and I'm going to watch a hockey game you can join me if you'd like should I you fill fill in the blanks on all of these should should I sit down and listen to this person who is who has a major issue with me they're struggling with me they want to attack me or whatever should I close my mouth and listen to this person and give them the respect of listening to hearing what they have to say and make sure i understand what's going on or should i do the or am i going to do the natural thing and that is just as they're talking prepare what my response is going to be so that i can jump in and attack and attack them and defend myself etc all right step 1 we want to have fun step 2 is that we naturally serve ourselves See if you're still with me here because now we step into step three. And we are rarely satisfied. When we choose to serve ourselves, we are rarely satisfied. Now, I didn't use the word never because, of course, there are times when we choose, we, we make a selfish decision and we serve ourselves and it can be a whole lot of fun. We all know that. There's, there are times when that kicks in, that happens. We've got to be honest about that. But time after time after time again, in the long-term, big picture, serving ourselves rarely is satisfying. It just it leaves something to be desired. It is, it is, it is so um, rarely uh, uh, fulfilling when we, when we go after just, just, just um, serving ourselves, serving ourselves. Because what happens is whatever we have, we want more. I'm reminded of a quote from The Simpsons. So, so I'm an intellectual. So, so Homer at one point says to Mr. Burns, his boss, he says, "Wow, you have a lot of money." And Mr. Burns says, "Yes, but I would give it all away for just a little bit more." (laughs) This this is our lives. This is what you you may have. uh, uh, the, The 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 woman of your dreams. You're just a beautiful woman by your side, and yet you fantasize about somebody else. You may have the man of your dreams, the hunkiest man that you had ever imagined. You have that man with you, and yet you still have to fix this and this about him, and you have to fix this about him, and you have to fix this about him. Not pointing any fingers, no nudging, please. (laughs) Whatever we have, we want more. You may have the job, the car, the house, and yet, we still want more. What, what else? What else am I going to have? We are so rarely, rarely satisfied. In this story, Jesus turns water into 750 bottles of wine. You know what rarely satisfies? Wine. Even 750, $10 a bottle, wine. You, you know what rarely provides long-term, deep satisfaction, wine. I, um, my wife and I have a plan with regard to alcohol. This is not the plan. It's not the Bible plan. It's certainly not the point of this story. But it's just a plan that we have landed on with regard to drinking wine, that we will only drink wine to celebrate, never to medicate. And what we mean by that is that we will, we will have a glass of wine if we are experiencing joy and we want to celebrate the reality of that joy. Because we understand wine doesn't lead to joy. The point of this story is not about wine leading to joy. So what that means is we'll, we will never, when we are mad or angry or sad, try to use alcohol to experience joy it won't take us to joy. It's something that we can jump in on if we are already experiencing joy because wine and what's in it for me and the acts of the flesh and selfish, uh, you know, serving ourselves, they rarely satisfy. We keep spinning and spinning and spinning and they do not satisfy. All right, step one, two, three, and if you're still with me, let's see if we can go to step four. It says, when we serve others, it feels complete. It just feels different than when we serve ourselves. And I understand this this step four is completely subjective. It's just Who am I to say what something feels like to you or to you? It's just a matter of us saying, okay, do I I agree with that? Do I believe that based on my experiences? Do I believe that there is some level of satisfaction, of completeness when we serve others? That's up to you to figure out. I know for me, as I look at my journey, my stories, there's something that feels different about serving others. This whole idea of, of, of realizing that, This thing would not have happened if I hadn't jumped in. This thing wouldn't have been the way it was if I hadn't said that or done that or or given that. There's just something very satisfying about that because it purifies me of, of my selfish motives and ambitions. If I jump into something, not because I have to or not because I'm paid to do it, but because I truly want to, there is something tremendously satisfying about that about saying, I worked hard. I gave it my very best. Not, not my 25% best, because I'm just volunteering, so I'm just going to kind of give it a little bit. But I'm, I'm saying, this: we're serving in a way and giving our very best, the role that God has given us, the skills that God has given us, and then we know, I didn't do that for me. And that in and of itself feels tremendously satisfying. Why do people serve in tremendous ways. Why why would 36 people go to Rocky Point to build a home for a family they've never met before and probably will never see again, but loved on over those days that they were there, and come back and say, that was an incredible experience? Why does that happen? Why do people continue to serve in profound ways here at Mountain Park? Why does Pam and Kim decide they are going to pour into a group of girls, they have girls of their own, they're two moms, they have girls of their own, and, and they're not their own girls, they just decide we are going to pour into these girls in student ministry through, on, as they walk through the stages of student ministry, of uh, middle school and high school, why would they choose to do that? Way beyond what we asked them to do in, the, in that room on Sunday morning, they choose to love on these girls, why would they do that? Why does Randy Williams Every time he has the opportunity to go into that kitchen and to make some food, why does he go over the top every time just making these, just, you know, making these things amazing for men's ministry and women's ministry and whatever he does. He doesn't just do the basics. He just does an extraordinary feast when he does it. Why does he do that? What about Mike and Kelly Williams? No relation to Randy Williams, but on Tuesday nights, why? They have, they have young family and And all sorts of things going on in their lives. Yet on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night, they lead as volunteers our entire hope ministry here on Tuesday nights. Multiple groups that are leading men and women out of bondage in areas of their lives so that they can experience recovery. Why do they do that every Tuesday night in a consistent and passionate way? Why does Elena Porter continue to pour into new instructors for Christ-centered yoga multiple times a week as she continues to volunteer for over 16 years faithfully here at your church, why does she continue to do that? Well, you you may have to ask some of them why they do that. Some of them might be outside uh, with the jump-in experience and you might be able to find them and ask them. But I'd be willing to venture a guess that they experience tremendous Meaning and fulfillment and completeness by continuing to serve in meaningful ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Deep, long lasting change in the lives of others. This story in John chapter 2 is one where where everybody benefits. I mean, everybody at the party, 750 bottles of wine. I mean, everybody benefits from this. The party kept on going. More dancing. No, I won't do it again. But there's plenty more dancing that that went on there. But check out a detail in verse 9 here, this story. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water, knew. You see, the host and all the guests, they got to experience this great tasting wine at the the, second half of the party. And so they got to enjoy it. And it was great. They got to experience joy and keep the party going and all of that. But it was only the servants who knew where the wine came from. It was only the servants who knew that some rabbi came in and actually turned water into wine. Only the servants got to see the miracle. You see, all the guests at the at the party, they would have had a great time, but that that wedding would not have stood out among all the other Jewish parties that they had that year. Because there was lots of joy from lots of different parties. Yep, we had another, we had another good time there, we had another good time there. It was only the servants who knew what really happened. It was only the servants who got the full depth of the miracle of Jesus. This is the most famous wedding in human history. We don't even know who was married, but it was the most famous wedding in human history because of the miracle that Jesus performed at that wedding. And the only people who knew about it were the servants. See, we can experience joy by a lot of selfish ambition and serving ourselves. There's a lot of stuff that we can enjoy. Um, And, you know, there's just natural, it's a natural pathway for us us to do that. But there is a level of joy that only the servants got to experience, a level of completeness, of extraordinary, extravagant love and joy that we can only experience when we we respond to the call to serve, to enter in and do whatever, do do what Jesus asks you. Do what Jesus asks you. So... One, two, three, four. Is an attempt at an argument to say it's more fun to serve others than to serve myself. It's more fun to serve others than to serve myself. If you are tracking with me on those four steps, then it's time for you to jump in. See, you 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 and I are are are, are, are not meant to just pour into ourselves and continue to serve ourselves. We're just not meant to do that. There is so much more that God has for us. And see, this is one of the beauties of the church. See, the, the church, it, the, the, the Bible doesn't say you have to serve at your church. You have to have a, a service, a serving role at your church. The Bible doesn't say that. But it does say you have to serve somewhere. You have to serve someone. And so the beauty of the church is that it is that she provides plenty of opportunities for us to to give things a shot, to try things you wouldn't have done on your own, you may not have an opportunity to do at work or in your community at home, where we can serve others in children's ministry and student ministry in a variety of different ways. We just jump in and give it a shot and see what happens there. If you're serving elsewhere, fantastic. Go for it. But if, if this is still an area where you haven't quite jumped in on yet, then we want to provide you with an opportunity. That's it. We're not twisting anybody's arm. We're just giving you an opportunity. So that as you head out here, as you, as you head out uh, the north part of the, the church, there will be different ministry areas distributed outside. If you go straight ahead north, that's the family ministry. It's a group that's representing family ministry, children's and students. If you go up a little bit to the left, just to the left of the cross, there will be creative arts. That's worship and technical stuff, being up in the booth, sound booth, etc., just to the right of the cross will be the adult area. That will be welcome team, ushers, parking, attendants, et cetera. If you go out the door and further to the right, deeper to the right, is outreach. Those are ways that we serve people here in Phoenix and around the world. And directly outside the door is facilities, I guess because they're facilities and they could choose where they want to have their booth. So they had it right outside the door there. But facilities is multiple ways to care for your church and how we can uh, kind of you know, take care of this place on our own. But I just, I just, why would we do this? Because Jesus modeled it beautifully. And he said, he said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Why would we do this? Because it's more fun to serve others than to serve ourselves. I want to pray with you, and then I want to send you off. Hopefully, you can jump in somewhere. Would you bow your heads with me? Father in heaven, I I thank you that you, uh, you made us. You made us, you made every fiber of our being, and you know where joy fits in our journey. You've made us for pleasure. You've made us to enjoy one another, to to, to work hard and, and enjoy the satisfaction of a of, of a day where we worked hard. You've given us so many levels and layers of joy. And Father, I believe that you have designed us to serve one another and that that is a deep, powerful experience and expression of joy. So, Father, I pray for anyone here in this room who who wants to pursue you who has not yet taken a step forward in terms of serving others. God, would, would would you just let today be the day to make that step? Would you let today be the day that someone jumps in and says, I want to experience what this is all about. I want to work hard for whatever this chunk is, and at the end of it say, that was incredible. That was an incredible experience. God, would you help us, more and more of us, to experience that level of joy. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.